Welcome to the Resco Radio Talk. Hey everyone, Ivan Stanio here, your Resco Radio Talk host. I'm hoping you're having a great day. In today's episode, I sat down with a Dynamics Practice Accelerator guy who once dreamt of being the world's greatest sales trainer. Apart from wearing the most hideous golf shoes on the circuit, he also knows the Dynamics Partner ecosystem inside out. Please welcome Mr. Rick McCutcheon. Hello Rick, welcome to the Resco Radio Talk. How are you today? I'm doing fine, Yvonne. How are you? Oh, I'm doing really well. So I have to say it's Friday and I can't wait for the weekend. It's been a really busy week. Yeah, it seems that since the uh, the pandemic started, I'm working harder. And we had a conversation about that earlier where, you know, now all of a sudden everything's virtual. You're not traveling. And I live outside of Toronto. So occasionally I'd be moving, driving into Toronto. So that's a good hour uh, drive there and back. So you, you realize now how much time that we actually spent traveling, not talking about the out-of-town travel. So since we've eliminated that, I find I'm working an extra hour, maybe 90 minutes a day, which is I'm getting a lot done, but you know, it's sort of pretty intense these days. And I don't think this digital transformation that we're working in right now has slowed down at all. I think, you know, over the last three months, this whole thing has sped up considerably. And, you know, from being a Microsoft partner, it's probably a pretty good place to be right now. Mm hmm. So one to two hours extra every day. I wonder how that affects your handicap. <laughs> well, I'm trying to get out of the house, uh, you know, by four o'clock to get at least a tee time to get 18 holes in. But I was talking to an ISV uh, recently and he was all worried at the beginning of this because he had all his developers in this really small office where they're all working on top of each other. Now they all went home. And, you know, eight weeks later he goes, we got like all the work done between now and the end of the year completed in two months. He says, yeah. but he's so much more productive. And he says, I think they're working longer hours because there's not a whole lot else to do. So, you know, there's been some benefit, I think, in, you know, uh, being shut in. That's true. That's true. But we have to be careful because it's easy to keep working all day until the evening, right? So Absolutely. it's important to, to kind of zone out and turn off the computer when it's time so that we can we can relax as well well i'm glad that you're doing well and that you have a lot of work and that's exactly what i would like to talk to you about today uh but before we get into the details i was wondering who really is rick mccutcheon so i think i know you since 2013 or 2014. i found an email that you sent in 2014 to resco's former ceo and founder rada voser in 2014 asking him about sending to you some points on resco if we want to be involved in some kind of presentation you were holding at extreme 365. <laughs> So I guess that's probably the, the beginning of it. So yes, I've been in the in the channel for over 25 years. So my background is uh, there was a product called ACT, which was one of the original contact managers. We got involved with that and we were probably the largest ACT dealer in Canada, um, if not globally at one time. And then we just started developing add-on products for it. Uh, we sold that company around 2000, which was 20 years ago. And uh, since that time, I've, uh, you know, spent my career in CRM, but I sort of had it, you know, divided between working with sort of ISVs, 
and you know helping mm-hmm. them with their product strategy and then still doing a lot of strategic work for companies around CRM and CRM planning, sales process design. And that kind of you know uh, stayed that way, I'm gonna say till about 2012, uh, when I first got involved with uh, ISVs more on a full time. And you know I think we met each other when I was working with ADX Studio uh, before they were acquired by Microsoft. So now my business is really focused on sort of working with ISVs and helping them sort of position and accelerate their business. And you know, besides ISVs, I do have another project right now where I'm working with one of the uh, distributors, helping them move um, non-Dynamics partners to a Dynamics practice. So I guess I'm the Dynamics practice acceleration guy now. And you know, helping you say you want to get into Dynamics, I can help you do that. You know, through my coaching programs, you want to become an ISV in our space. I can help you, you know, teach you how to deal with our end user customers in the dynamics world, the partners in the dynamics world, and really how to navigate your way around Microsoft, which, you know, Mm -hmm. since we've been in this channel for so long, we kind of take a lot of things for granted. But if you haven't worked in the Microsoft channel, it is a pretty complicated place. Oh, it can be a jungle. It's, it's, it's evolved so much and changed so much over the last, I don't know, five, 10 years, right? It's pretty much upside down uh yeah so this makes this makes sense i like the dynamics practice acceleration guy that you are i have to put it down i like that (laughs) and and you know what the work work i do is a lot of fun because it's really positive work right Mm -hmm. how do we get our business embedded into the dynamics world and uh you know i've always had sort of this sort of inside desire to be the world's greatest sales trainer, I suppose, right? And this is just kind of taking a piece of that, right? Where I can show people, okay, this is how you deal with the different personas in our world. So this is how you have to position your company. So it's almost like a big chess game we're playing. And you see, I've got the chess board in the back here. Oh, I know, I know. Unfortunately, I played a game of chess against you last year, and I <laughs> we went for the listeners to decide who won. <laughs> but let's say I was drinking that night, so I right. imagine what the result was. Uh, but I'm glad you're mentioning selling as well, because I know you're heavily involved in social selling and utilizing LinkedIn to do a more social type of selling. And I actually consider you a LinkedIn influencer too. Can you tell us how many followers you are? You have. Well, in our world, um, you know, I've, I've kind of looked at my business, and at one time I was a CRM guy, and then I said, you know what? I want to narrow it down. I'm going to be a dynamic CRM guy, and now I'm a dynamic CRM ISV guy, or partner guy. So, you know, I've really kind of narrowed it down and you know, and put a focus around what I do. And I had to decide on a social media platform to really be the one I build out on. Was it going to be Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn? And I really got hooked on LinkedIn. And what that happened was, you know, back around 2010, when we had a bit of a meltdown just before that in the financial community, and all of a sudden CRM consultants had about half of their time booked and the other half, you know, not booked. And I said, you know what, I'm going to spend this time really getting my LinkedIn program together. So it's about 10 years now that I've really focused on LinkedIn and I've got over 29,000 connections on LinkedIn. Most of those connections are in our Microsoft world, whether mm-hmm. there's somebody who works for Microsoft, whether they're a Microsoft partner, big, I've got a 
probably 10, 12,000 connections in, in the partner community. And then because I teach um, in the user group uh, world, I've got a lot of end users as well, but mostly it's Microsoft people and partner people within my, within my LinkedIn community. So that sort of dovetailed into uh, me teaching LinkedIn for partners. So you'll see on my LinkedIn profile that I have on my front page, this course called Get Connected, the ultimate LinkedIn workshop for Microsoft partners. And I run that once a month. And, and that's typically a, like a free workshop that I do. And it just kind of, I just tell my LinkedIn story to partners and kind of give them an idea how to use it um, more productively to, you know, be more of an influencer themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. And I, I attended a number of your LinkedIn workshops and, and trainings, and I found them always very helpful. But I always use your profile as an example. Because right. I took yeah. all your tips and tricks uh, <laughs> and I put them in at work and the profile hopefully looks better than, than the average profile. On we have the ultimate LinkedIn picture photograph. So anybody who hasn't seen Yvonne's LinkedIn profile, go connect to it and you'll see the wonderful photo he's got up there. Well, thank you very much for promoting my profile so much. <laughs> Cool. Uh, so I get, I guess I get, I got a good idea who you are, Rick, and who you work with. Uh, some other people also know you as an MVP, right? You've yes. been a long-standing MVP, and if my records do not lie, then I think you've been MVP since September two thousand and fourteen. Yeah, I think uh, I might even be in my. I've got a five. I'm looking over right now. Five-year sticker. I've got a six-year block on top of that, so I'm getting a new uh, sticker. So I should be seven years coming up. So probably around 2013, I think I, I, I was honored with uh, becoming an MVP. Awesome. That that's a really long legacy, huh? Yeah, because every year they go through and they evaluate. You know, is this person still MVP worthy? And uh, they decide on July 1st whether you get to go again. And so far, I've uh, I've been in it every year. Uh-huh. Really cool. And that's a that's a small club, huh? Yeah, I think well, it's it's kind of bigger now because business solutions and power platform are all kind of melded together. But if I take the core business solution people who are mostly around CRM, I think the number's around eighty to ninety globally. Mm -hmm. Um so it's a it's a pretty exclusive club. And there's some really, you know, cool benefits to it. I get to use Microsoft products. Um, I get access to the product team. So mm -hmm. every week I'm invited to probably two webinars from the Microsoft business product team. And it could be anything around Azure. It could be around Teams. It could be around uh, Dynamics 365, CE, Business Central. I have the option of sitting in on any of those meetings with the product teams to find out what's new. And that's the coolest part about being an MVP. Also, you know, I've got a channel back into Microsoft, you know, if I have any questions or if I think something in the product needs to be fixed or upgraded or changed, I can get people to listen to me as, as mm -hmm. an MVP. Awesome, yeah, that, that's nice to have, right? That MVP sure. title right next to you. Enjoy year. it. Excellent. Good, so let's move on a little bit. And I think uh, this is gonna be a very natural segue to our next topic and that's the Dynamics channel and the Dynamics community, right? Yes. You've been involved in this community for such a long time. 
uh, US, as you mentioned, you have so many connections from Microsoft ecosystem. So you're probably the best person to know what's going on and what's happening in the Dynamics channel. Well, I have one, I have one view of what's going on in this Dynamics channel. So it's an interesting view because I'm kind of an independent MVP sitting on the outside. So I'm not really a partner, but I'm kind of melded in with the partners, right? Mm -hmm. And I get to talk to Microsoft a lot. And then I talk to a lot of end user customers because I actually organize the user group in Canada for Dynamics. So I think I have a, a, a good sort of uh, three-way view of, of what's going on. So let's, let's agree that it's a subjective view. But since subjectivity is objective, you can go on and tell us what's really cool and what's really hot <laughs> in the Dynamics channel right now. Well, it's interesting because when I talk to partners right now, and it was, I had a really interesting call the other day with, you know, someone said, well, the partners that are doing well right now are not always the vertical partners. Sometimes these horizontal partners who have businesses in many sectors are doing better right now, unless your vertical is really hot or mm -hmm. your vertical's gone cold. Like if you did healthcare right now or government, it's probably cold. And not because these people aren't, you know, exploring technology and investing in technology. I think they've slowed down new projects. So yeah. I think that, that those partners are, you know, getting hit by this a little harder. Um, but I think overall, it's a good place to be. Um, you know, Microsoft's messaging around uh, digital transformation and in dynamics where we, you know, we're building around the common data service, um, you know, which includes the power apps, includes the dynamics family, you know, includes a lot of what's going on in team and office. I think that's giving us a really good story to be able to, you know, go to a customer and say, okay, if you're going to build out your platform, everybody wants to build it on one piece of technology. So I think that's, that's a good place to be. And as a Microsoft partner, we've got incredible resources um, at our disposal, whether they're from Microsoft or from ISVs such as Resco to really train us on, you know, how to service these customers and support these customers. So I think it's, it's, it's an outstanding opportunity for any partner um, who wants to get more involved with, whether whether you want to become more of a Microsoft partner in general, or you may be an already sort of an MSP security partner who wants to come over and do business solutions, whether, you know, it's, you know, CRM or, you know, field service with Resco. Uh, I think there's a, a tremendous opportunity there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's a good take on it. I like it. Yeah, the way you described it, I think it makes a lot of sense. So uh, let's talk next about the partner channel. So you already touched the uh, partners, right? We have uh, we have ISVs, more of the vertical focus, more of the horizontal focus, but that's not all, right? Partners, and I talked about Ben Vollmer earlier this week, and I asked him a similar question. How's, who are the cool partners in the channel right now? And uh, I'm just going to rephrase his words, but uh, the listeners can listen to that episode if they haven't yet. Uh, uh, it, I, it was an interesting take from Ben that there are so many different types of partners, right? You have the traditional global system integrators. You have partners who have their own verticals. You have partners who have their horizontal technology and solutions. So who really is a partner, right? It's partner. Yes. It's too general, right? To 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 have real meaning and and real content, like what it really means. 
and I know that you work with a lot of partners too. So what's your take on the on the partners in the ecosystem, Dynamics ecosystem? Well, you asked me who the cool partners are. I mm -hmm. love I love working in this ISV space because, you know, people come up with a problem, you know, a solution to a problem, build an application around it and go. And, you know, uh, one time I think our space was full of people building technology. Now it's a meld of people building technology that, that hangs onto our stack, but also some people building some really, you know, cool vertical stuff um, and sort of add-on tools. So when, when I think of the, the partners that sort of I work with and I know that I think are exciting, you know, I think what Resco is doing for one thing, um, in field service, I think you guys are absolutely the leaders in field service and have more experience than sort of any other sort of ISV out there. And, you know, it's going to be sort of endless, really, the opportunities around mobility and, and that mobile platform, um, which kind of leads to a, another partner I'm working with, Glimpse. Uh, and they do a last minute technology or last, sorry, last mile technology. Um, so I can see where that driver is. When are they going to be here? Right. Or I can, you know, use glimpse to let my grocer know that I will be arriving in five minutes and I'll be queued up in the parking lot, get my groceries ready. So when I look at what's coming around mobility, I think, you know, this, this world we're going through right now is leading to more secure mobility, more information around mobility, more, you know, training, um, people with mo on mobile devices. So I think from a mobility perspective, it's really interesting. Another one is, you know, ClickLearn, where they, you know, built an application using their AI technology that can look at the application you built and then, you know, build out all your support and training materials around it and mm -hmm. then build it in 25 different languages. And when I talked to the end users in that world and I said, how much time did that save you building documentation? Every one of them says, I don't know, because there's no way we would ever have built this level of documentation. Um, so when I see an ISV like ClickLearn, that's exciting. Another one is Solgari, right? Solgari's got sort of the all channel communications um, where they can you know, lift your phone, your, your email, your, your chat, your uh, internet connect, your uh, social media connections, all into one platform, all into Dynamics on a cloud, right? And I see how quickly they can move somebody that's all on premise, boom, up into the you know the Azure cloud and completely connect with Dynamics. So when I'm looking at these ISVs and the stuff they're building, you know, it's exciting, but it's taking our solutions and applications really up a notch or two or three or four, and. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I feel sorry for the partners because there's just so much to learn, right? There's so I many was, cool yeah. applications out there. How am I ever going to learn? Learn them That's, all and know what they do. That's true. I thought about it as well just a, just a few months ago, like how just the Dynamics product has evolved so much, right? Yes. When when we started uh, as, as a company uh, and when we entered Dynamics ecosystem and we just focused on what was called CRM, now it's Dynamics 365 for this, for that, for the other thing, for field service, for marketing. Oh boy, it's it's a big, big, big topic, right? Like you can you can choose your chapter and become an expert there. So you have to learn everything there. Then you have IoT, connected field service, 
And now you have all the cool ISV solutions and technologies that that are some of them are not fully the same technology as as the Dynamics or you know naturally build on top of Azure. It's a different technology, different tools. So it's a lot for a partner to have all that wear all that hats, don't you think? So you know this becomes really interesting too from being an expert as a partner. So in our world, I can point at that person's a portal expert, right? We look at Nick Hayduke and his team, right? They're the best portal guys out there. You know, I can go and look at, um, you know, somebody like Coffee mm -hmm. and Done. So we can go look at a company mm -hmm. like Coffee and Done. They're the Dynamics marketing experts. And then there's other ones that have the niche now around your mobility product. Like you've got some very strong partners who, they probably do all of dynamic CE, but they do mobility at a very, very high level because that's an expertise you got to learn. So we're seeing that these partners that started out as general generalists when we were doing just plain old, you know, Salesforce automation have now sort of picked a lane within there. And I think every one of them are doing very, very well with it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So one thing is sure, the Dynamics ecosystem and the whole channel is moving forward, right? It's changing year after year, year after year. And the partners, all the partners, whether they're the system integrators, ISVs, uh, or vertically focused ISVs, they have to change along with it. Yeah, and right place at the right time. You know, I, I tell this to partners that are not in the Dynamics world, look at it, find a find a customer. In fact, if you go through your customer base, you can probably find a dozen customers and start working in this world because the opportunities are endless. And it's not like you go and build something for a customer, then leave it and go away. You will build something for a customer and then keep adding on year after year after year as that customer consumes more and more of the product and wants to pull in some of this ISV technology, sort of like a Resco, like a ClickLearn or whatever. And now you're attaching all the, all this, uh, all these pieces to it and making a stronger solution for your customer. Mm -hmm. And there you open up another good question that I was, uh, I, I had in my mind. And that was, if I'm a company, either a startup or an existing company who is considering entering the dynamics market, what do you think I should keep in mind what should be my main thinking points when I'm deciding whether to go there and if I decide to go there what should my basic strategy be as an ISV or as an SI as an ISV let's say I let's say I have my own product I I'm I'm, I'm building a product or I have an existing product and I'm looking for market expansion and I decide okay dynamics is very aggressive Market Microsoft's putting a lot of resources into Dynamics and the business applications, right? So it's an attractive market. Yeah. So first of all, I'll tell you why you should do it. Um, you should do it because it gives you a ready-made market to sell to. And I've been on both sides of this coin as I've built products over the years. Um, you know, our first product we built as an add-on to Act. You know, there was three million Act users, I think, at the time. So it give us a that gave us a a ready-made market to actually sell to. And if you're out there trying to sell your application by yourself and trying to convince people, um, you know, to, here to 
buy my CRM, buy my warehouse management system, you know, buy my uh, reporting tools. It's it's difficult because you've got to kind of get past. You're competing with Microsoft. You're competing with Oracle. You're competing with SAP, right? And you're kind of trying to find your way around. Well, if you come in as a Microsoft um, ISV, then all of a sudden you're selling Microsoft. And, you know, it's one of the things when I'm training ISVs and I'm talking to the salespeople at these companies, guys, you guys and ladies, you got to start learning how to talk like Microsoft, about Microsoft, use our terminology. We don't sell uh, SAS, you know, software as a service. We sell cloud in our world, right? So, you know, how do you talk about it? You know, how do you talk about Azure? How do you talk about Office? How do you talk about our integrations? Because that's when the customer's looking at an ISV in our space, they're saying, you know, I'm safe because this is just really an add-on to this Microsoft technology. So even if something goes haywire with this company and we lose them, they go away, I just unplug it from my Microsoft technology and I plug in some new technology. So I think there's a safety factor from the buyer who's now going to say, do I trust the small ISV or yeah, maybe I do because now they're part of Microsoft. And also, Mm -hmm. you know, the big benefits of looking like Microsoft, selling with Microsoft. If you, if you join the, uh, the, the the co-sell programs, uh, I think the Microsoft partner network, like if I decide to go into this world, like, Yvonne, how many partners are out there? 100,000, 80,000 partners globally uh, that sell Microsoft products. So now I've got a customer base to sell to. And if I'm savvy, I'm going to understand how to work with our resellers and open up that market too. So I think, you know, when I'm coming into this world for the first time is to sit back and talk to people and understand the landscape of the market, how it works how to work with our end users, how to work with our partners, how to work with Microsoft, and then kind of figure out, okay, how do I position myself in this marketplace? And I think that's probably um, the best starting point. Mm-hmm. Very valuable valuable uh, recommendation and words, I think. I like that. I like that a lot. Made me think, uh, think of a lot of things that we could do better at, at Resco. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you guys do pretty well at Resco. I know you will. Well, there's always room for improvement, you know. That. Yeah, but I, I remember when there was five mobile platforms for Dynamics. Now there's really only one. Yeah, we talked about it just before we hit the record button, right? And I had a question on you. Like, is there more or less the ISVs with their own technology uh, now than there were 10 years ago? Uh, they're different companies, right? We had a lot of mergers, mm-hmm. acquisitions, people change over the years, um, but we're seeing many, much, much more activity. And we're seeing a lot of SIs, our systems integrators, starting to build vertical applications and sell mm-hmm. those vertical applications into the Microsoft market. So when I look at the ISVs, I got vertical applications, you know, I sell something for, um, you know, healthcare or I sell something for, not-for-profits. And then over here, I've got somebody who builds a technology uh, like our friends at North 52, right? Sort of a plug-in for reporting. Um, That's a technology. So we've got the people in the technology stream that's building an application, and then we got people in the solution stream. 
but they're all sort of coming together in in this ISV world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. One last thing before we wrap it up, and I can't let you go before you you give us some tips because I know that you're a speaker by profession. So what are some of the cool events we shouldn't miss if we're customers or partners or ISVs or system integrators? Uh, and I know there's a lot going on right now because making a virtual event happen, let's say it's challenging, but less challenging than putting a couple thousand people in an in-person setup together. So what are some of the cool events we shouldn't miss uh, and you're planning to appear at, speak at, or just support through your channels and your, uh, your voice? Well, as you know that I help organize the D365 UG, part of Dynamics Communities in Canada. And we've got, uh, on the CRM side, we've got about six or seven city chapters right now. And we're working with the AX FNO user group. And we're kind of forming one national chapter because we're doing it virtually. So, you know, last month we had our first virtual meeting with sort of FNO in the morning and uh, CE, CRM in the afternoon. We had about 180 people online for that. So, you know, I'm, I'm always organizing something for the UGs. Uh, last week we did the um, European Summit uh, and Extreme in Europe. We were supposed to be in Barcelona, which was a big miss, but we did that virtually. Uh, and they've got an Australian uh, UG uh, big conference coming up in August. I don't think I'm going to be part of that, um, basically because of the time zone differences. I'd have to be doing things in the middle of the night. But right after that, we've got um, in October, we've got uh, UG Summit, which was supposed to be our big event in Nashville, where we'd have 10,000 of our you know, best friends together for uh, a few days. And that would have been a lot of fun. But I hear they're going to do some kind of hybrid. Um, there'll be some on-site uh, curriculum available and, and uh, ISVs available. But I think we're going to see a lot of that be virtual as well. So I'll probably be doing a you know a bunch of sessions there. You know I think you know the best thing to do to find out what's going on with me is if you're not already connected to me on LinkedIn. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I think I'm Rick's 29,756th connection. <laughs> That's right. And you'll see the LinkedIn course I take. I, I have on my profile, right? And you can sign up for that LinkedIn uh, course. But uh, I'm always continuously sort of working with ISVs. I've done a lot of work speaking with Resco. Um, you know, I'm doing a lot of work lately um, with Solgari Glimpse and ClickLearn on uh, some of their conferences and things. So, uh, Pretty much I speak three or four times a month, um, whether it's with a, with one of the user group communities, with my, my LinkedIn training, or with uh, one of the ISVs. Perfect. Great. And Rick, I'm really looking forward to seeing you at one of the, the virtual events in the future months. And just one very... Everybody's a listener here and they haven't hung out with the Resco guys at a conference. You haven't lived. I got to tell you, this is the, <laughs> these are the guys you want to stay close to. If you can. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Rick, thanks a lot. This was, this was really good. I learned a lot of, a lot of uh, new things, uh, lots of ideas. Uh, you actually opened a lot of questions in my head and how we should actually approach some of the things as a company working in the channel, uh, approach partners and customers as well. So I hope our listeners find it uh, beneficial too. 
we wish you a lovely weekend. If you go to a golf course, I have uh, I have one request. Please get rid of your hideous golf shoes made of rubber. I hope you already did. And we wish you a wonderful rest of the day. I just bought a new pair made out of yak leather. You have to see these. Oh, boy. Okay, we'll cut that one up. All right. Thanks, Yvonne. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. Take Bye. care. Bye.